0: Barbecue Tintra!
1: Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect
0: barbecue, you use wood.
1: Are you sure it's safe? Whatever.
0: We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh.
2: Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea.
0: And welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talked about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. This show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening's live fire fun and frivolity show. If tonight is the night you have marked on your calendar to take part in some way, here's your contact info.
1: You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Follow us on all the social media channels at bbqcentralshow. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform.
0: Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, the com. And here's what's happening in case you get the newsletter, which you can subscribe to if you hit the main page of the website. Uh, At the top of the navigation, it says a newsletter. Just pop in an email address. That's all you need. And every Tuesday around 3 p.m. Eastern, you will get that Barbecue Central Show newsletter, giving you a heads up on what's happening later in the show that evening. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, it's the first Tuesday of a new month, and there's only two months left in 2022, if you can believe it or not. The Co-founder of How to Barbecue Right, the pit master of Killer Hog's competition team. After a month off, Malcolm Reed rejoins the show. And tonight we'll be talking about business with Malcolm Reed. Tonight we'll be talking about Thanksgiving, because in a handful of weeks, it's going to be Thanksgiving. Malcolm has said more than once on his podcast, as he says, Thanksgiving. uh, How does he say? I say Thanksgiving. He said Thanksgiving. It's a Southern thing, I think. That's his favorite holiday. I don't know if it's just like the favorite food holiday or if it's just his favorite holiday. Maybe every holiday that we're in the season of might actually be Malcolm's favorite holiday. And he's just playing all sides of the fence. Whatever it is, it's undeniable that Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving is coming in three weeks. So we want to make sure that we have you ready to rock and roll, knock it out of the park for the folks That might be coming over to your house, or maybe they've asked you to cook and bring something to their house. Whatever your setup is, we want to make sure you have a great chance of success. So we'll talk to Malcolm about that, amongst other things as well. So Malcolm in for his usual segment here shortly. 35 past the first hour. First guest, first-time guest from a big company called Charbroil, Seth Sawyer will be joining us. Seth is product manager over at Charbroil, and one of the things that we have been talking about here for the last number of months—it was a 100% assuredy question last week with the embedded correspondence—was, will you own one, and will it be a thing? That being full-size electric grills in 2023, they are available right now in 2022, but as we roll into the next grilling season, whatever that means to you, I've been saying, pontificating, predicting that full-size electric grills will really take hold next year and it will be one of the hot things that people want to get their hands on, no pun intended. So Seth's going to be talking all about the Charbroil Edge, how it came to be, and then what you can expect if you are in the market for a full-size electric grill. I was actually on the Jimmy Malone show here locally, WTAM 1100, earlier this morning, and we talked about... New trends in the industry and full-size electric grills was one of the things that we talked about. So looking forward to meeting Seth and then talking about the edge and whatever else Charbroil has to bring to the table here over the next handful of months and through the 2023 grilling season. That will close the first hour and we'll move to the second hour and joining me in his second hour first interview spot and or 14 past the second hour. We'll be joined by none other than my pal and not yours, Sam the Cooking Guy. Sam fresh, literally fresh off a trip out of the country to, if I'm not mistaken, Japan and Korea, South Korea. So we'll talk to him about the trip, the food that he ate there. If he had to pick one to go back to immediately at my expense, which one would it be and why? Sam has long been a supporter and proponent of Japan. I think he said that if he had to retire anywhere, he would actually go and live in Japan. He's very taken with it, but we'll see what Korea brought to the table and if he might change his mind there. So, Sam in his usual 14 past the second hour segment. And then we'll close it down tonight with also a new first-time guest, this time from a big company called Camp Chef. Cade Huskinson will be on to talk about the Woodwind Pro. So what's the other thing we've been talking about aside from full size electric grills? It's the hybrid cooker. And while the Camp Chef Woodwind Pro might not fall into the hybrid as we've been talking about, which is offset on one side, pellet cooker on the other side, with an in common main cooking chamber, the Woodwind Pro does bring a additional ability to add a lot more wood smoke to your traditional pellet cookers, which is what Camp Chef has been known for over the last handful of years. So we'll talk to Cade about the Woodwind Pro, how that one came to be, some predictions he might see in 2023. So two new guests on 35 past each hour and two of the biggest guests that I have on a recurring basis on the 14 past each side, first and second hour, Malcolm Reed, Sam, the cooking guy, and then Seth Sawyer, from Charbroil, Cade Huskinson from Camp Chef, closing it out. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat. We say good evening to those of you watching through one of our streaming platforms this evening Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. You can also watch over on YouTube slash RD Rempey where there is a chat going on as well. We also say hello to the folks using the audio streaming platform Clubhouse. So if you would rather hear us and not watch us, Clubhouse is the way to do it, and Clubhouse has a chat integrated with it now as well. So let's start here this evening, and I was surprised to see how much reaction I got to the top of the second hour rant I had last week concerning my daughter Bobby's volleyball coach and what her team is having to deal with, and the majority of it was very supportive, which I certainly appreciate, but in the end... I really wanted to show a spotlight on her specific situation because I think there's a large gap of unknown things when it comes to college sports, especially if you have never gone through the process or been through that experience. Many of you shared stories of heartache, missed expectations, the passion for the sport that you loved being sucked out of you all because your coach was, for lack of a better term, a shithead the lack of communication and the lack of having a coach who was interested in getting to know you or your kid as a player and knowing what motivates them and not only as a player, but as a person. So to everyone out there who shared their story with me, thank you. And to anyone out there who is getting into a position of having your kid play at the next level collegiately and you want to talk about experience, Please email me. We can set up a call. I'm happy to share my experiences with you. The more knowledge that's out there, the better for people like us because nobody was here to tell me how to navigate this with the oldest one. If I did it with the youngest one, I'd be a lot more savvy. But She's not showing a lot of interest in going to the next level, which is fine uh, with us. But I at least have that information and that experience I can pass on. So once again, thanks for the notes and support. And if you need me, hit me up. I'm happy to talk about it. Feedback from the show last week, Mitch in Nebraska writing in, Greg, I love the embedded correspondence segment each and every month. However, this one was especially great. Greg, when Doug cornered you about your desire to have an electric grill, but then questioned that desire by asking if you were going to be paying for one or not, was just hilarious. And you didn't answer the question, by the way. Then... You turned the heat around on your guests during the 100% Assurity questions, which was priceless. I was laughing out loud, and I'm not just saying that. I was literally laughing out loud. Love the show. Regards, Mitch. Mitch, thank you for writing it. Jared in Louisiana. Greg, after listening to Sean on your show Tuesday night from Cali BBQ Media, I'm inspired to use my phone more to tell the story of my food truck. Like you, I'm hesitant to just start filming and posting but Sean made so much sense that I have to put my personal apprehension aside and do it more often. Thanks to Sean for talking about it so frankly. He has inspired me. Love the show. And a longtime podcaster, never live, regards Jared. Jared, thank you for writing in, and I agree, Sean is an inspiration. I would love to say that over the past week I threw caution to the wind and just started posting like a maniac, but that would be a lie. I'm not gonna lie.
3: Get that
0: Malcolm Reed is in the green room. He's ready to rock and roll. Before we get to him, I'm talking to you about week 17 of the David Leans Do Wellness Program. Of course, the website, DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. That's David Leans, L-E-A-N-S, DavidLeans.com slash to sign up right now. You can start your healthier journey right now. Give it the last two months of the year. By the time the new year rolls around, it's not a new year's resolution. Now it's a New Year's lifestyle and you're already living it. Little advance work on your part guarantees, well not guarantees, but certainly ensures success to a larger degree because now you're in it and you don't have to work through all the other, I'll wait until X date to start. Start now. Do it with me. You know what the one thing I've learned over the last 17 weeks is? A, it is 100% true. I need no variety in what I eat. I can literally eat the same thing each and every day and I'm a happy camper. Why? Because I know it's for dinner. I know it's for lunch. That's it. I don't need variety. Do I like variety? Sure. Do I need it? No. Number two, and this is the most important, if you don't do the David Lean's program, do this. I realized I'm walking around dehydrated. David's mandate or edict to me was at least 90 ounces of water a day at least 90 ounces so I have this huge hydro jug it's 73 ounces I'm having at least 2 a day and what did I notice after a week? A I'm hydrated properly I'm tasting better I feel better tastes in my mouth that I don't really like if I've eaten something don't hang out nearly as long I'm just overall feeling better because I'm drinking water remember we're mostly water as humans so if you don't take anything away or you don't even want to attempt the do wellness program which I highly encourage you to do because it has worked for me and no I'm not gonna take my shirt off and show you how muscular I am but trust me I'm in shape the best shape I've been in in 30 years probably fitness muscularity all this kind of things thanks to David We put the program together. I'm working the program. We're checking in all the good stuff. But hydration is key. Do that, if nothing else. DavidLeans.com to sign up right now or email me, and I'll tell you about all my experiences over the last 17 weeks. We're back with Malcolm Reed right after this. Stick around. Be right back.
1: You're listening to The Barbecue Central Show. casting live from the barbecue central show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Remby.
0: This portion of the show being brought to you by cookinpellets.com. Your number 1 source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet driven cookers. Visit cookinpellets.com for more information or to purchase that C O O K I N cooking you can also see what other cool items they have that might trip your light fantastic as it relates to the barbecue or grill it is the first tuesday of a month 14 past the hour and that means we are racing to the hotline and welping back welping welcoming back friend of the show the pitmaster of killer hogs malcolm reed hey malcolm
3: what's up greg how's it going man
0: Malcolm, is there any way I'm going to convince you, like me, to get on board with my pal David Leans so we can get
3: muscular and trade shirtless photos of each other down the road? I, I don't know about the trading the photos, but I could, definitely, I could definitely use a little coaching. Uh, Malcolm,
0: look, I'm not crying here, but how do we have someone named Mr. Make It Happen as a guest on your podcast, and your boy can't get a sniff?
3: What's going on? <laughs> hey, I, I, hey, man, when you get ready, the the door's always open, Greg. You can come down and do it live with us. Who's Mister Make It Happen? Uh, um, he, I met him uh, through a buddy of mine, uh, AB. I don't know if you know Smoking and Grilling with AB on yep. YouTube, but um, he was he was from out in LA, and he was one of his uh, guys. He's done some collabs. I just thought it's interesting and ab asked if if uh you know i'd want to you know talk to him on my show and tyler kind of set it up and we just had him on for a segment and and, you know it's interesting to to see how somebody else gets into the youtube thing and he he kind of fast tracked it so you know me i've been doing this for a long time and it took me it took a long time to get to where we are and you've got guys have come in and you know since COVID hit in two years they're they're hitting the top and passing what i'm doing and it's just crazy how how the platforms changed
0: the thing that stuck with me as I was listening to his interview was he he said it you know I, I think I just I don't want to say he lucked into it but he just hit at the right time he was in the heart of COVID everybody's looking for any kind of inforta- uh, entertainment to consume and he jumps on he had some kind of a, an inkling to start a cooking show somewhere but then just everything just started lining up and boom Uh, Of course, you have to film it right, and the content's got to be good. you got to be engaging. You have to have all these positives that are going your way too. But being able to hit it at the right time, and what better time was there over the last two years? Like you said, you can experience a lot more success than the Malcolm Reed who everybody sees with, you know, a million and a half YouTube subscribers right now, but it was 16 years to be an overnight success for you.
3: Yeah, and I think a lot of – I mean, a lot of those guys – they kind of jumped into what YouTube wants them to do. You know, they have this, there's this system that YouTube likes, the way you do your thumbnails, the way you do your descriptions, you're playing the game they want you to play. So it kind of feeds you out to their algorithm a little more. And we've always just kind of done it our way without looking at that, but it's kind of changing the way we're thinking about doing some things too, because if you want to get those views, you've got to, you know, you kind of got to give them what they want on all sides, the viewer, the, you know, YouTube as a whole there's, there's a lot more that goes into it than just recording and editing a video and uploading it.
0: When you look at the podcast specifically, you don't do a lot of guest interviews. Maybe you've probably done 10 or less over the lifespan of it. Is that something that you guys have talked about doing more into the following year or is it just whenever it makes sense you drop somebody in?
3: I think well, I think we're that's our plan. We'd like to bring more guests on. Uh, I think it's interesting and it gives us a different take, you know, and it lets us open up to learn from other people and their experiences. So as we, the reason why we hadn't is because we really hadn't figured out the technology as well. And we and we're trying things. and slowly, like I think this last one did pretty good. The audio wasn't as crisp as I would like. It's nothing as when you have a guest on. I mean, so that maybe, maybe that's what we can do a segment about. You can, we can talk about how to, how to, how to work it out to where you have guests on your podcast.
0: Well, Here's the, here's the fix. You have to be a complete dick like me and require all your guests to get microphones and sound good. I mean, yeah. I know Malcolm's going to sound good. I can see the setup. I know what your up is. But if you want to have all parties sound good, it becomes, uh, I mean, how, I, I'm used to asking for people's money all day long doing the day job. And it took me 10 years, 12 years to get up the nerve to ask my guests, hey, will you go out of your way to sound just as good as me so we can make it a pleasurable listening experience all the way around for the listener? So the listener can stop and say, that was just a great interview. Never once do you hear that much of a drastic sound quality between the guest and the host. I mean, the the host should always sound good in my opinion, but the better the guest can sound is also a positive in the overall audio for the listener. But, the ask has to come and honestly that was pretty uncomfortable for me to go back to I mean you already had the gear but I go back to Steven Reichland and say I'm the cooking guy and go hey you know can you get a microphone and you know I want to sound like (laughs) nobody said no but it's just in my gut I felt like that might have been starting to push the line and this coming from a guy who has no problem asking what people make in their business and you know people give me shit about that all the time but that was something that made me feel uncomfortable and the good news is over the last couple of years, the show has, has sounded great. So it's, uh, it's making the ask and, uh, and hoping people will, will buy into it. And then holding to those principles. If a guest says no, then until you get that microphone, we're not going to do the segment. And we've had a number of those conversations too through the last uh, year or so. Anyway, look, major announcement as it relates to How to Barbecue Right podcast. Securing the very first sponsorship now, I love <laughs> business, of course. I just got done talking about this. So I've been, I'm going to go out on a limb, Malcolm, and say there's no bigger fan of the How to Barbecue Right podcast than me. I've been listening to it right from the very beginning. I love the concept of how you're looking behind the scenes. You're talking about stuff that has nothing to do with the videos, other stuff that you're interested in. It's a whole get-to-know Malcolm, Rochelle, TikTok Tyler, and getting to know three other people that you, you wouldn't know otherwise in a different way and now we have a sponsor so a is it something that you were looking for was uh the sponsor coming to you actively how does this all come together
3: well i think we kind of forced our way on them that's the best <laughs> way to do it inside joke. <laughs> We we had this inside joke, you know that Shell is is a not a not even a closet mayonnaise lover like she's on team mayonnaise. She's out. blue plate mayonnaise at that. That's what that's what we've yeah she's out she's out herself as a blue plate aficionado and I give her a hard time about it a lot of times but that's kind of it's, it was the mayonnaise that we grew up on and you know I would say most of the people in the barbecue world that I know are probably team Dukes well. In the south, especially Mississippi, Louisiana, you know, in Memphis area, it's it's usually blue plate. That's just what we have because it was made down in New Orleans and distributed up this way. And and so we talked about it and they got to share some of our stuff. And then we got to t- I kind of got to talking to you a little bit about what it's like to get a sponsorship or something. And you gave me some ideas. And so I just they, they wanted to do something with this. And so I I just pitched them, hey, why don't you become the spot the podcast sponsorship? And they jumped on board and were excited about it. They officially just announced they're the official CEO of the new meats. So I guess they're spending some advertising dollars, you know, trying to get the word out about Blue Plate mayonnaise. And it Mm -hmm. made sense since we were already talking about it and I use it in my recipes.
0: Is it a regional availability or can I jump on Amazon and get Blue Plate if I wanted to?
3: Oh yeah, definitely. And I've been getting—we've been on our uh, campaigns. There's people saying they're buying it and tasting it, and all over. But yeah, it's popping up in stores. People are sending us pictures where they're starting to see blue plate. I think they're—you know—they're trying to push it to, for national distribution, and I'm sure it'll get there one of these days. So, it's a, its not just regional, but it's primarily in this area.
0: For years, I had hear—I'd heard the legend of Dukes. But it was only Hellman's and Kraft and maybe some local mayonnaise up here, you know, regionally here in the Cleveland, uh, you know, tri-state area, whatever. And then all of a sudden, one day, the floodgates open. Duke's comes into the Giant Eagle stores up here. And I wish I was some kind of mayonnaise aficionado that could sit here (laughs) and say, oh, you know, this is this brand and this is that brand. When you taste Blue Plate... so. The overwhelming thing I hear about Dukes is I guess there's more tang or more vinegar to the Dukes versus a Hellman's that I'm more accustomed to. Now, I taste them. It appears to taste like mayonnaise to me. The only one I can really taste a difference on is that Kewpie mayo. Uh, Sam, the cooking guy is a big fan of that. That does have a little bit more of a uh, like egg yolkiness to it, or richness, I guess, would be a better descriptor. But when you describe blue plate... What hits or what separates it
3: for you? Do you want the sponsor answer or do you want the real answer?
0: Yes. <laughs> I want the the real Give me the taste- sponsor answer first and then give me the real answer. <laughs> <Okay>.
3: <laughs> well, it has a rich creaminess and you can taste the recipe and have it changed for a like hundred years in own unique better than any other mayonnaise out there on the planet it does have a thing but it's not overly vinegary it does have a saltiness to it but it's flavorful it's not sweet like a miracle whip it is true authentic southern mayo Hmm. the way it should be nice now the real answer is it tastes just like mayonnaise hey it tastes like every other mayonnaise. thank god i'm the same guy and it's (laughs) and it's kind of a i mean to me it's it's kind of tongue-in-cheek a little bit because we're talking mayonnaise man it's just it's just a condiment you put on sandwiches it's not it's gonna be all I never knew that this this many people were uh, up tight or had an opinion on mayonnaise, but apparently it's a thing. So
0: to me, there's only two camps: you like mayo, or you are a weirdo and you like uh, salad dressing Miracle Whip, which oh, yeah. you know on the on the label it says Tangy Zip. If it says Tangy Zip on something that's supposed to look like mayonnaise, but it's not mayonnaise then I don't want any part of it. I've tasted it multiple times. The only person I know that likes Miracle Whip, well, it's two people, and one of them is my mom, and I think she only likes it in this one weird sandwich that her family used to eat. It's called a gooey sandwich. You ever heard of gooey sandwich, Malcolm?
3: No, no, I have not. Now, <laughs> well, it doesn't sound. Don't hold me
0: it? to uh, to 100% accuracy here. But it involves a hand crank meat grinder, like from the olden days, that you would uh, affix to the counter. And I think you put in uh, overcooked roast beef from the night before. And you run it through the grinder, and then you put in Miracle Whip, and it goes on white bread. And kind of sounds like it might be Southern, actually. But- uh, but geez, uh, you put in that Miracle Whip and it's a loser for me right off the bat. I could see grinding some overdone I, uh, uh, roast beef for some kind of a sandwich, but once you incorporate the Miracle Whip, I'm out.
3: No, man, that doesn't even sound appetizing to me at all. Yeah, I, and I'm the same way. I don't, I don't touch Miracle Whip. I think my my mom has a recipe for like some kind of an egg salad where it calls for Miracle Whip, but that's not something I would eat. I just, I don't like it, man. It's if I'm using measure a white cream. I mean, condiment is going to be mayonnaise, real mayonnaise. 100%. Malcolm and I are. And I I will eat the other kinds if I'm out.
0: (laughs) Well, sure, because we believe it tastes like mayonnaise. We like mayonnaise, so why not? Let's talk about the latest video that's up on the YouTube channel, which is the Cajun Pork Loin Sandwich. And one of the things, so I've been a long-time proponent and proselytizer that beef, tenderloin is widely overlooked widely underrated people should be on that way more but this is now we're talking about pork loin which is i think an even better value and an even better way of cooking a large amount of food for a large audience and it's very inexpensive so talk to me a little bit about pork loins and then how you came up with the recipe for the cajun pork loin
3: yeah well that one was one i was working just like you said i was wanting to work on recipe that we could do we go to deer camp with all my buddies and you know of course cost is always part of so I was looking for something that a really good sandwich that wouldn't call, break the bank uh Kroger had pork uh, loin sale $1.99 a pound so I got this five pound big chunk of pork loin for 10 years. eat that I mean you you could see how big a sandwich I made I could make about 10 of those sandwiches with that pork loin those and I I probably had, you know, almost probably a half pound of pork if I measured it out when, after I cooked it. So that was what I was thinking. I was going to say, how can I take something economical, turn it into something that is really a dish tastes good and feeds a lot of people. And for the, the Cajun pork loin aspect of it, I just wanted to do something that wasn't, you know, traditional barbecue smoke. So I made up a Cajun injection. This time of year, everybody's doing turkeys. So there's all these injections in the supermarkets. Uh, you know, you could buy one of the bottled Creole butter ones. I just make my own. It's just chicken broth, hot sauce, some seasoning, and some melted butter. It's it's real easy to do. But I shot that thing up, and I probably put two cups of injection inside a five-pound pork loin. I mean, it bloated it up. And the great thing about it is it doesn't lose a lot of its weight. So it stayed moist inside season the outside well one a lot of times when you cook those pork loins they'll have like a, a thin fat cap over them, and you know you can trim it off but the pork loin itself is so lean that a little fat helps it so i just scored it and then i rubbed it down with some spicy creole mustard to give some of that graininess to it like that doesn't disappear like when you use regular yellow mustard you can't really tell mm-hmm. it's own- but when you use that Creole grainy mustard, you get that crushed mustard seed. Some of those spices that's in it stays on the outside. It has a little bit of a horseradish bite to it. It's really good and seasoned it with some Cajun seasoning and just smoked it till it was about 135. I'm, I'm a 135 man at pork loin because once you get those things to where people say, oh, they got to go to 145, 150, you have dried the crap out of them, man. You can't hardly swallow it. It's just tough, and so if you take it to 135, let it carry over to about 140, and you slice it, you can wring the moisture out. It is soft. Uh, When you bite into it, it melts in your mouth, and that's what makes it so good. Uh,
0: Malcolm, we have about three weeks until Thanksgiving, which is a favorite holiday of yours. So what's on the menu this year at the Reed household, and have you heard anything on a shortage of turkeys this year because of that avion fluke?
3: So I've been hearing that and seeing people post it and people taking orders for turkeys and dinners and all that stuff. They say there's a shortage. Well, last year, our our turkey I was doing turkey recipes and they didn't hit the supermarkets till like a week or so right before Thanksgiving. And this year, turkeys have been in our grocery stores for two weeks now. I've already bought several and did I did a recipe last week that was something different. I've got another I've got a couple more that I'm thawing out gonna brine and do another recipe with and I'm cooking turkey breasts for for our Thanksgiving. So I, I haven't seen it yet. I've seen people talking about it, but if you go to the store now and why wouldn't you go, it takes a week to thaw one out in the fridge. Why wouldn't you go ahead and get it now, hold it for a few weeks. And then we got a week to thaw it out. It's, it's practically here.
0: Have you been in contact with our guy, Kevin green out at the butcher shop? And does he have those big, uh, Turkey breasts?
3: He does. Uh, he actually, uh, Mark who stepped in for me last got a couple of them. He's, he's working on some recipes, uh for him but we talked to Kevin he's got he had now he didn't get an unlimited supply yeah but he secured I'm sure he secured plenty for his for what orders and the people that always get them from him so he does have those and those that's what I'm cooking you started cooking those big giant I call them Texas size boneless turkey breast it's a game man it's all 100% white meat turkey and it tastes so good it's better than just a whole frozen bird any day
0: are those enhanced or do you either inject or Brian?
3: I I always eject them. Mm-hmm. They're not I, in the package. I mean, don't don't. I'm not going to swear to that. They didn't pump something in them, but it doesn't. It looks like these come from a farm. Mm-hmm. Like it's a it's not sourced somewhere like you know a Cargill or somewhere like that. This it's, it's it seems like it's a local farm. The way they come, they're very natural um, inside the package. Um, it's wrapped in foil and then cryovac, so it doesn't seem something real commercial. So I would say no, they don't enhance them. That's why it's probably so good. What's Malcolm's favorite side on Thanksgiving? Oh man! Oh, I, do you do you consider the dressing a side? Hell yeah! Because you can't have Thanksgiving without turkey. That's <laughs> I mean, that's my favorite. That's my favorite. But else, I just got to be right there too. Do you get? So to, you got to have ham, turkey, dressing. Do do you get cute with the dressing
0: and put it in those uh, muffin tins or not so much?
3: No, we, man, it's a big casserole dish at my house. (laughs) We make it and you spoon it out and you have the gravy to go with it. Real cranberry sauce, not, not, not one of those from a can that you slide out. Real homemade cranberry sauce. I mean,
0: Malcolm Reed joining us here on the show. You can hit him up on YouTube where 1.47 million of you are currently doing that. The website, of course, howtobbqright.com, and you can find them here the first Tuesday of every month. Malcolm, always appreciate the time. Have a great Thanksgiving, and we will talk to you in December.
3: Yes, sir. Let's wrap it up next month, Greg. Here Happy we go. Thanksgiving to everybody out there, man.
0: There he is, Malcolm Reed right there from How to Barbecue Right and the pitmaster of Killer Hogs competition team. So loving the Thanksgiving. Insight right there. Call Kevin at the butcher shop. If you mention the Barbecue Central show, you get 10% off your order each and every time you call. And that's good on anything. He's also a master of meat and all this other stuff. But if you want to try that turkey breast that Malcolm was talking about, that's where he gets his. And mention the show. Get 10% off. And then Malcolm doing business. Securing that first sponsor, which we love. Yeah. Time to get paid. All right, so we have Seth from Charbroil in the green room ready to go. Before we do that, I will talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market. Today you have a choice, no pun intended, a choice line and a prime line. So if you're somebody that doesn't need the following, Wi-Fi, an app to control your cooker, internal meat probes, lights on the inside of the cooker, a more robust chassis build then the choice line is the one for you you just want a solid cooker better than entry level get you where you need to go great size two different sizes to choose from all that choice line is the one you want then you can decide i want all that stuff that i just mentioned so you're looking at a prime line again look in windows on the main cooking chamber the pellet hopper now you have the internal meat probes the app connectivity all that other stuff that's the prime, couple of different sizes to choose from there. And if you're a traveler or you're a tailgater, they have one called the Trek that can fit in the back of most trucks, vans and SUVs. Goes right in your 12-volt receptacle in the vehicle. You're powered or it can go through car battery. It's got the clips or you can just plug it into the wall if you want. You can do that too just like a normal person. Why not? Prime line, that's the one. The Peak, the Ledge or the Trek is the portable one and then you have the Choice line. No matter what pizza oven insert fits into all of those only sold through dealers so go to greenmountaingrills.com find a dealer near you visit the dealer get educated become an expert buy the one that best fits your needs get it home you have success why not the only way to roll greenmountaingrills.com that's greenmountaingrills.com we are back with Seth from Charboil right after this stick around we'll be
1: right back you're listening to the barbecue central show Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central show.
0: And we thank Malcolm Reed for joining us last segment. This portion being brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck. Fireboard, fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. Ted Conrad and the gang out there at Fireboard. My next guest is proving I am right, and the embedded correspondents are wrong, at least on one point. That being the legitimacy of full-size electric grills coming into the market. The Edge was released earlier this year, and here to talk about how it all came to be and what you can expect from it, if you're considering buying it, is the product manager for Charbro. We race to the hotline, and welcome first-timer to the show, Seth Sawyer. Hey, Chef. Sorry, Seth, I had you on mute. My fault. Great to have you.
2: <laughs> Thanks. That's all right. Thanks for having me on.
0: All right, Seth. So, before we dig into the edge and some of the other cool things that Charbroil has going on here through the rest of the year, potentially leaking into 2023, since it's your first time on the show, a uh, little information about you, uh, where you're at home base wise, what you do professionally, and what you might have done uh, previous to Charbroil.
2: Yeah, so I'm based out of uh, Charbroil's headquarters, which is in Columbus, Georgia. So about an hour or two south of Atlanta. Um, I've actually been in this industry since 2009. So I've been in outdoor cooking for for 13 years. Uh, I started as an engineer and kind of slowly worked my way towards the product management and marketing side of things over the last uh, five or 10 years or
0: so. Uh, where were you previous to Charbroil? Any names that we're familiar with?
2: Yeah. So I actually, I, I started at Masterbuilt um, and then I worked at uh, a company called Spectrum Brands that owns a ton of indoor cooking appliances as well and then came back to Charbroil in uh, 2015. So I've been there about seven years now.
0: How does the opportunity present itself to come over to Charbroil?
2: You know, I'm from Columbus originally, and so uh, when I had a chance to come back, I was in Wisconsin when I was in uh, with the other company, and I was always looking for a for a chance to come back. Wisconsin was great. I love Madison, but it's a little cold for me, uh, being a a Georgia kid. And so uh, when I had the opportunity to come back um, to a company in my hometown, no less, that was a pretty easy decision to make.
0: Did you ever partake in tiger meat sandwiches up there?
2: You know, I never did. I I heard of it. but I never, uh, I never did.
0: Well, thank God. Ugh. Otherwise, we'd be getting your breakdown of uh, Tiger Meat. There's another name for it, too, that I can't think of right off the top of my head. But Tiger Meat sticks in my head. So, there, you know, there's this guy that used to F with me to no end uh, up in that neck of the woods. And he would come out of the grocery store, roll tape with him in his car, busting open the ground beef package and, like, eating it. Right out of the package, oh, you no. know, so yeah. foregoing the, the toasty square and the slivered onions and cracked black pepper to make it a true, you know, tiger meat sandwich. But, uh, yeah, he was just into eating the the raw ground meat. And I was like, dude, one of these days you're going to pay for that and we're going to have it on tape and we're all going to laugh at you on the show. But unfortunately, that didn't come to be. Anyway, uh, so happy to have you on the show here. Once again, the website charbroil.com if you want to check it out as we're talking here. So over the course of the last number of months, we've been talking about things that are currently a thing, but we think are going to be the thing next year in 2023. And earlier this year, there were two things that were introduced by Charbroil that stand out to me. Uh, The edges, the second one, we'll talk about that here in a second. But the first one is something we had long wondered about, clamored about, asked about, which is how come there can't be a thermostatically controlled gas grill you look in your house you see the oven it seems from a concept standpoint fairly similar but from all accounts not similar and then March April of this year Charboil has a big release and shows the cruise so if you could just high level the cruise uh, where it's available and what the reception has been like in the market
2: yeah so the cruise is uh, available at Lowe's uh, and, and as well as charbroil.com. So it was the, the first, uh, thermostatically controlled, um, gas grill that, that we launched earlier this year. Uh, like you said, the whole point of it is we wanted to get away from this traditional kind of low, medium, and high, you know, we've done a ton of research. We've watched a lot of people cook. We noticed some of the same kind of pain points where temperature management, uh, you know, seemed like it could be a little bit better. And so rather than kind of making the grill, more precise but still with the same control method, we thought, why don't we just uh, you know, kind of embrace a more specific way of of controlling temperature and just no more low, medium, and high. Let's dial in some exact temperatures and uh let the grill kind of do the work for you from there and hold at those temps,
0: you know, the whole time you're cooking. How are you seeing entry into the market? People pretty accepting of it?
2: Yeah, you know, the feedback has been great. Um the the reviews have been positive. You know, it's interesting because it seems like a pretty straightforward thing you're going from low medium and high to setting different temperatures but what we're hearing from consumers is it's more different than they expected you know you walk out to a grill and you're so accustomed to just you want to crank all the burners up to high so you can preheat as fast as possible that when we when we ask you to type a specific temperature in it there's a bit of a learning curve there right you've got to kind of relearn you know, I don't, I don't cook chicken breast on medium. I cook them on 475 or whatever. So there's a bit of a learning curve there that you, you know, maybe don't anticipate until you use the product for the first time. And that's one of the things that we're hearing is, uh, you know, I have to, now that I have more options uh, and it's a more specific process, I have to kind of rethink how I, how I do things. And so, but the feedback's been, been positive. People are really intrigued by, you know, the idea and, uh, you know, are excited to see the product when they go to a Lowe's or, you know, get to see one in person. So it's, it's been good.
0: Seth Sawyer joining us here on the show from Char-Broil. Maybe in a separate interview, we can actually dig a little deeper into the cruise and see how that actually came to be. It's certainly interesting to me that it took this long to get something like that on the market. But let's talk a little bit more about the edge here this evening, as this is a topic that's been at the top of the mind on the show here for the last number of months. When I was in college, so that's 93 to 97, a couple of years later, I was off campus, so we had the run-of-the-mill kitchen. But then I had this really weird eggshell-shaped uh, electric grill. It had a weird-shaped heating element in it, and I might have used it five or six times, cooked some real crappy steaks on it because I didn't know what I was doing back <laughs> in. I might have cracked it cleaning it one time, and you know, then it's out. And then that was like, you know, ninety-six, ninety-seven, and then all of a sudden, there weren't really any electric grills. And I'm not even talking about George Foreman or anything like that. I don't necessarily consider that like an electric grill per se. And now in this year, uh, 2022, we see the Edge is released. Uh, I've talked to a couple people that have either trialed it, bought it, and, and are using it. And the reviews have been more favorable than I guess I thought they would be. So let's talk about the evolution or the genesis of the Edge, how long it's been on the board, and was this... A clamoring from Charbroil faithful saying we would love to see an electric grill that's full sized because I'm in an apartment or there's going to be a motion to move into cities all of a sudden instead of suburbs. How does it come to be? Yeah, so
2: you know that was something that we worked on for for quite a while. Uh, Went through a lot of different versions, you know, trying to figure out exactly what it was that we wanted to um, deliver to to consumers. Uh, You know and. what we identified really is that there's there's a decent amount of people out there that want to grill they enjoy grilling and outdoor cooking um but they either can't have gas or charcoal or maybe for one reason or another they want to specifically get away from those fuel types and you know like you said up until this product really if you were going to be in an electric grill your options were really limited i mean all that was really available were these you know tabletop units or um Portables and things that were kind of small and underpowered and you know, they're okay kind of in a pinch But they're no one's gonna confuse those for um, You know the same thing as cooking on a full-size gas grill and so you know, the more we looked into that the more we realized Why don't we give people that traditional grilling experience, but in an electric platform and that's really what the edge um, Was determined to be and that's that's what we worked on for for really the last couple years um, to get it out this year
0: When you look at the size of it, what are we looking from a capacity standpoint? And if nobody's ever seen it, is it comparable to a certain size Weber or a certain size charbroil, gas grill, things along these lines?
2: Yeah. So the whole firebox itself is uh, 330 square inches. There's about a four inch wide um, warming zone on one side. But if you're if you're going to talk about gas grills, that's about the same size as our three burner uh, performance series. So if you go to a Lowe's or or one of the places that carries Charbroil gas grills and look at our our mid range performance models about a three burner gas grill. Uh, it's roughly that size. It's, it's it's a decent size. You know, it's you know it's not going to be the same size as a as a five or a six burner, but it it's not a portable um, or a tabletop either. It's you know you can put uh, about eighteen burgers on there if you uh you know if you pack them efficiently. It's it's a pretty good size grill.
0: And it's just standard outlet plug it in and and you're ready to go, or do you need two twenty power?
2: No, no, no. It runs on uh, it's it's one twenty. Um, you know that's that's one of the issues why I think. This type of product hasn't existed before. Is you know, it's not easy to, it's not easy to heat um, that well with the power that we have available in the U.S. In Europe, you see more of this type of thing because they have two twenty and two forty volt options. But no, this runs on on one twenty. Um, you know, the only thing we say is just to make sure you're putting it into you know a dedicated circuit. Don't plug it into one that's got you know. You don't want to have you know a, some five hundred watt appliance on the other plug that you plug it in because it is it is seventeen hundred fifty watts. So it It'll run on a traditional plug, um, but it'll take most of the power that you have available on that.
0: I was on a local radio show this morning and uh, one of the questions brought up were, what do you see from trends in the industry? We talked about full-size electric grills. And one of the questions from the host was, well, what does it taste like? Uh, Is it akin to a gas grill experience? You know, I told him I'm like, I don't have one. I don't have any first hand experience on it. I would venture that it would taste similar from what I've been told to a a gas grill experience. It would probably differ from charcoal because charcoal's a whole different fuel. You get fat burning down onto the charcoal, there's flavor coming back up, all that vaporization, whatnot. But how do you explain it? Is it similar to what you would find in a gas grill experience, or is it different too?
2: It is absolutely similar. So you know, to your point, cooking over charcoal or any type of live fuel is really a different—it's a different thing, right? You got different combustion um, characteristics and smoke and things going into the food, so that—that's a different story. Um, but when you compare it to to a gas grill, I am I am highly confident that I could do a blind taste test and you would not be able to tell which came off which. I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there that, you know, when it comes to grilling, that actual actual flames themselves on a gas grill are creating you know certain flavors and and that's really what you need is heat it's just that electric grills until this one haven't been able to get hot enough to replicate the heat that you can get on a gas grill um and this grill is the first one that does that and so you know it utilizes our amplifier um infrared cooking system and so um i am i am highly confident and we've actually seen this in some reviews as well Um, that if you did a side-by-side you you would not be able to tell the difference it will sear every bit as good Um, it will put the same flavor on there because of the infrared system you know as the fat drips down it, it smokes just like a real you know gas grill does and it puts that right back into the food and so it is it is a different experience entirely than any electric you've ever cooked on and that's coming from someone who Cooked on a lot of electric grills and stuff, you know, when I was in college and and working at some of the other companies that I've that I've been at. So it is really a completely different, um, it's a completely different grill.
0: When you plug it in, turn it on, get it preheating. What kind of a time frame are we looking at to get it up to you know whatever the hottest setting is?
2: Yeah, so it's fifteen minutes to five hundred degrees. Um, so a lot of electrics out there, that's their max temperature. A lot of them max out around 500, uh, maybe 550, but that's in a lab setting. Problem with that is if it's cold outside, you know, they'll never get there. If you dump some frozen chicken or burgers or something on there, they'll never get there. Um, so this one will get to 515 minutes, but it'll actually max out at 700, um, Fahrenheit. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's even hotter than a lot of gas grills will get.
0: From a cost operation standpoint, is it... Pretty cheap to operate.
2: You're talking about in terms of uh, how much electric, electric does consumption it consume versus, versus like that. Uh,
0: do you guys do like some kind of a comparison to? Well, this is you know how much propane and you know how much electricity is it going to pull? Yeah.
2: So that, that's a great question. Um, so we don't have that information uh, posted on our site. Uh, We probably should. I'm glad that you mentioned that we don't have that, but we do have that data and it is significantly cheaper than any other fuel type in terms of um, if you want to boil it down to like, uh, you know, pennies per hour of cook time type of a metric. It is cheaper than uh, it's cheaper than pellets. It's cheaper than charcoal. It's cheaper than gas as well. And it's not not by a little bit um, by a lot.
0: So we're looking at Lowe's for this one too, or is this a a different captured store market for the Edge? So this one,
2: yeah. So this one, uh, we're doing a little bit more of a controlled rollout with this one. It's on Amazon.com and Charbroil.com right now. You're going to see it in some additional retail partners um, in 2023, uh, but but you know, this being a a significantly different type of product. We're doing a little bit more of a controlled launch rather than kind of the full scale um, right out of the gate.
0: As we look into 2023, if electric full size electric grills, uh, you know, I'm betting are going to be a thing next year. What are the things that you guys are looking at potentially rolling out or what do you think might be trending next year that we might not be considering at this point?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, the interesting thing is electric will allow you to do some other things that you can't um, on other fuel types. I mean, um, it's a little bit more of a controlled cooking experience. It's it's a little easier to control electric um, than it is gas and live fire. Uh, and so that's going to allow people to do, um, I, I think people can do more versatile stuff on an electric than you can on some other fuel types just because it's it is so controlled. Um, and then the fact that, you know, just an electric firebox in general is significantly different than a gas one, it's going to let people do some different things with um, form factors and designs and things like that as well. So it wouldn't surprise me to see um, some of that kind of stuff start hitting the market um, within the next couple of years.
0: Are you a believer in beyond meat steak tips? You know, i'm not
2: a I'm not a huge fan of of the stuff i've I've had. Um, you know, I've had a couple, uh, you know, impossible burgers and, and beyond meat and things like that. And, you know, they're, they're okay. Um, but I, I still prefer the real thing.
0: This is Seth Sawyer from charbroil. He is the product manager charbroil.com is the website. We've been talking about the edge. So if you are in the market for a full size electric cooker then this is one you would want to give consideration, charbroil.com. Seth, really appreciate the insight. And as I said, maybe we can do a follow-up interview, dig a little bit more into that cruise, and see what's happening then.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great.
0: Appreciate the time, Seth. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. That's Seth Sawyer from Charbroil. So, a little bit more insight on to... What I think is going to be a thing, even though the embedded correspondents thought I was a kook last week. Doug backing me into a corner. Are you gonna buy one? F you, Doug. <clears throat> Leave me alone. Like, if you're not interested, in, on on that alone, like the cooking experience, we both agree. Charcoal is different. Live fire is different. But between gas and electric, blind taste test, nobody can tell the difference. Like That's got my interest right there. And I know I'm not going to run out of propane. Now, do I have to worry that much like the gas grill, if I don't turn it off, it's just going to eat up electricity? Yes. But it's probably less expensive to do that than it would be to pipe natural gas into that grill and leave it on for a week, right?
3: Absolutely.
1: All
0: right, we are going to wrap the first hour in just one moment. If you have any questions, thoughts, emails, and or otherwise, hit me up, Greg, at thebbqcentralshow.com. You can get me socially at BBQ Central Show on the Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or the Snappy Snaps. We will come back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
1: Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content. In an exceptionally professional way, you're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey.
0: Welcome back, and we thank Seth Sawyer from Charbroil, the product manager over there, talking about the edge high level on the cruise. We'll dig into that more in a subsequent interview. Charbroil.com, their website. As he had mentioned, if you're interested in the edge, a little bit more of a controlled rollout, so you either have to go to charbroil.com and order, or a fledgling website that he had mentioned, amazon.com, and you order through there, but those are your only two ways to get your hands on one of those. Derek Riches has one, and he was fairly impressed with that. Also, our new friend Wes Wright over at cookoutnews.com did a full-depth interview over on his website. And he was certainly more of a fan than he wasn't. I believe he said one of his cons were heat-up time, but that was also part of his expectation as well. So in the grand scheme of things, wasn't that big of a deal. And as Seth was talking about last segment, to get to 500 degrees, it's about 15 minutes. So if you're looking at a similar... Is the gas grill going to heat up to 500 degrees in less than 15 minutes? I would venture to say 100% yes. What about charcoal? Well, you got to get charcoal going. Even in a charcoal chimney, I would say best guesstimates, 15 minutes. And now you're not even looking at a cooking temperature at that point. The charcoals are just ready to go, and you're dumping them out. And then, like, for somebody like me, I know what I'm doing. I don't have to worry about that. But if you're a novice on charcoal, probably a little bit apprehensive. So... Electric might be a little bit more up your alley, so we'll see how it goes. I'm absolutely interested. I've been offered zero free grills, so don't even come at me on that. Interesting conversation, and we'll take it from there, and we'll track to see how it actually pans out here over the next handful of months and weeks. Or weeks and months, especially as the year comes to a close. As we begin November here this very day. We are getting ready for the second hour. We will have Sam the Cooking Guy. We will have Cade Huskinson from Camp Chef. I have some takes to run off at the top of the second hour. We have a best of coming up this Friday that is going to absolutely knock your socks off. And I'll tell you exactly why that is. You can jump in as well through social media or through our audio streaming platform. Clubhouse, There is a chat in Clubhouse, too. Hit that little balloon up at the top of the room, and you can get into the chat. Chat with each other there if you would like. All right, go ahead and refresh your libations. We are pointing to the second hour. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back.